0: Hello everyone. My name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today our guest is Yuri, the head of business growth at
1: Woodpecker. Hello. Hi Christian. Nice to nice to be here. What's up everyone?
0: Nice to have you. I finally connected with you on LinkedIn, and then uh, I firstly connected with with you on LinkedIn, and then we met at Suster in London. So that was amazing. Uh, at first, please tell us what is Woodpecker.
1: So Woodwacker, basically it's a sequencer, like our Trish or Slayer Sloft. It's a tool that allows you to send cold emails at scale. Not only cold emails, but we've started with cold emails and later expanded towards the social selling abilities, uh, giving you an opportunity to call people and save notes. So we're right now in our journey to becoming like an all-in-one solution um, for people who want to send Cold emails, who want to get new clients, and that's pretty much it.
0: What do you is the biggest problem that you see in the in the space? The biggest problem that you solve?
1: Yeah, so we've started back in 2015, and then the biggest problem was is that you had to invest lots of lots of money into marketing to attract your ideal customers. Yep, and it was kind of unfair for us when you already knew who you should attract and wanted to give people an opportunity to live on their terms so they are not dependent on Google, algos and stuff like that. But they can just strictly reach out to the people who are their potential customers.
0: I understand. Okay. And now, right now, what are our current products?
1: So we, we actually split into three products. Basically, okay. the, the core itself is the same. It's the tool that allows you to send cold emails on scale but now we're following the market trends. And we've seen over the time, we've seen the development, what people actually needed. So we've split. So the first one is the basic cold emailing solution on scale. Um, the second one is the agency tool. Basically it's the cold emailing platform for agencies. So there, in the meantime, there are a lot of companies started doing business who help you connect with potential customers on your behalf. Yes, And they have slightly different needs for those platforms. So this is the product, the second product, whom is it for? Okay. And the third one is um, we call it like a sales assistant. Um, basically that's everything that's new going on with the market, AI, all the cool features out there. So we're working on, on it and um, it's going to be a, a very interesting one.
0: Nice, nice. What do you say are the top three most loved features
1: by our customers? Um, So, deliverability, that's when we started. And obviously, we were like leaders at the market market because we were the first ones to start with this agency feature. So, people loved it a lot. And um, right now, people love us for our UI design, for how clear and simple it is to get started, how easy it is to track stats and stuff like that. What do
0: you say are the most uh, common use cases? Who can use your product? What teams?
1: Yeah, so basically it, it it's it's really a lot because when you think of it, businesses who need potential customers, new customers. It's pretty much everyone qualifies for that. So. Um, let's start for each product. Cold emailing is just organizations up like up to fifty people, oh, even really? or people like solopreneurs of like you know people who are just wanting doing some stuff. I don't know. They are posting on LinkedIn and they want to reach out by emails. Um, so um, that that's for cold email agencies. Obviously, it's the agencies, the companies who are managing like up to hundred accounts of wow. different companies, and um, sales assistance is more for like you know cutting edge sales teams who are, who who, who need to go multi channel. They yeah. need to save lots of time on different things. So those are, let's say like a bigger serious organizations.
0: Do you have a favorite customer success story that you can share with us?
1: Yeah, that was actually funny. So <laughs> once uh, we, I, when I joined, I joined with Parker like almost eight years ago, I was in the founding crew okay. and then, um, so we had one customer who was like one, he was just starting his business and, uh, you know, cold emailing stuff was new to him and we helped, like, we helped educate him as much as we knew about that stuff. So, and that's kind of where our relationship for that time ended. See, he was still using it with Becker, okay. but uh, like, you know. When you have a happy paying customer who knows a lot about the tool, who has a business figured out, doesn't have any technical problems, you don't hear much from him. And then he reached out to me like a year ago, asking like, yo, Yuri, can you do like a couple of consulting sessions for me, for my company? I was like, oh yeah, you actually hire some people like, yeah, now I have like 300 people in my company on board. Now we're like well, series B company. I was like, yo. <laughs> Crazy, And <laughs> his sales team was like up to 30 people or something like that. So that that was really cool to see him succeeding from just like, you know, starting wow. uh, and, and getting to a pretty big, big level.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that transparency. What are the integrations that people use most commonly?
1: Pipedrive, uh, HubSpot, Google Sheets, things like that. So. Either something where they keep prospects, so a lot of people keep prospects in sheets and stuff like that mm-hmm. or or in pipe drive like in their CRMs. Um, but also they want like a two-way communication. so in case anything happens, so we we contact people, we send those cold emails then we have an, a response. so they want to have a two-way communication. so as soon as something happens in our tool, it already creates an automatic node or moves the deal further in a stage in the pipeline. So those are the most common ones.
0: Yeah, I think that's super important. And I saw a lot of salespeople being frustrated with that, that they have to update all the time the, the CRM and the stuff. Yeah, um, I'd love to know how competitive is your space and how do, how do you differentiate?
1: Uh, it's crazy competitive. Lots of companies join in the space. So you have like the companies who are focused on enterprise level. So most of like Salesforce, uh, uh, Salesforce, Salesloft, outreach. Um, then you have like all in one solutions, Apollo, uh, they're a pretty big company right now. Yeah. Um, then there's also other that are competitors to Apollo. Then you have slightly like, you know, companies who are trying to target SMBs. That's like us, Lemlist, and, and, and many others. So, and as the time goes, more and more companies join the space because there's a, there's a way to innovate. Like, yes. The need is huge. A lot of people need that. A lot of people are using that. What happens for the companies like us or Lemlist? You grow like crazy at some a certain point, and then you start getting lots of requests. So there's lots of management starts to happening. And during that period of management, there's where those small companies can join and see like, okay, what what's the things that our market is craving for, and they just deliver that one thing, and now they are in the game. So yeah. A lot of new players joined in the recent years. They are great. They're keeping us in shape. That's what makes it interesting. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's great. And I have, I'm happy to see that uh, you're not afraid of competition. Now, more on the company side, please tell us the founding story of Woodpecker.
1: Yeah. So, um, so the story was simple, uh, at first, um, we wanted to create a, a platform for coaches to find fitness coaches to find clients and to keep communicating with clients. So that was like an app which called 52 Challenges. And um, so we started working on that. But then at a certain point, we were like, hey, we actually have a problem contacting those coaches. Like, and we asked our IT guy, our CTO, um, like, can you just write some code so we can automate those emails because it's taking lots of time. Yeah, and he he written the code. We started contacting, and and in the meanwhile, we were like, "Hold on, this is actually interesting." Like, because we were building something completely different things, like in in the fitness space. But then we realized that there is a huge business need, and we looked around. Outreach and sales loft were just only getting started, like they were like year old companies. Well, we were like, this is actually a great timing for us to start because they were focused on the bigger contracts, less flexible. And we were like, hey, let's actually do that. And we were the first one to join one of the first ones to join the field. And that's how Woodpecker started. We completely pivoted from that idea and started working on the UI and kind of designing how the platform would look like. Um, we went completely different direction. So our logo and our website design what what when everyone was doing white websites. We had like a completely black p- website page, <laughs> okay. um, with a big logo of Woodpecker and people loved it because it was so controversial. It was so yeah. against the wind. And, uh, I guess that's how we, we, we like, we, we put our space, like we, we found our space, but being so different. What year was the pivoting? Uh, 2016, Yeah, like and, and, the beginning and, of 2016, I would say.
0: And the company was called Woodpecker even before. No, this it was, was called
1: Fifty Two Challenges, and then we switched it to Woodpecker. Okay,
0: makes sense. And you're part of the founding team. How many yeah. members were there when you started Woodpecker, and how many members are now?
1: Um, it was, I guess, eight people, because eight people started Woodpecker. There was a couple of people in sales, one in marketing. Um. Two IT guys, one support, and that, that was it. So we we're like, uh, so that, that that was, and obviously the founder, the CEO. Um, and now, whew, now it's like hundred fifty something, whatever. Okay. We, we try to be very careful with whom we hire. That's why, also during these times, we haven't laid off a lot of people. We actually had some layers, unfortunately. That that was that, that sucked for us but we all only laid off a couple of people uh, just to get more effective. Um, but we always try to be like money conscious and yep. always try to work in a future scenario to like future proof ourselves for, for many things. So yeah, is this a bootstrap business? No, we had angel investors. We okay. also had, um, yeah, we mostly had angel investors.
0: In but the then you started growing on your, on your own.
1: Yeah. we So we went public like uh, two years ago Yeah, here in Poland, right? Well, wow. it's, it's not Nasdaq, so it's not like a billion, billion dollar valuation or something like yeah. that. But <laughs> we went public here and, uh, yeah, that gave us lots of a boost in terms of capital to do cool things. Well, that's really interesting.
0: right? then you, you're public. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um,
0: n- next thing. What did you describe the culture at uh, Woodpecker?
1: So the culture was the one thing that we were really conscious about. Um, so our founder, he had a previous business, business like you know, the CEO had a previous business, which which was a service business, and he was also involved in the boards of a couple of businesses before he started with Becker. Okay, And the culture was like top-notch thing that he always praised at the beginning, and, and it so infected the people who joined at first, like me and other people, who are actually mostly still here. like. 75% of the founding crew is uh, in Woodpecker. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So because there really was something very unusual because when, when someone comes to you and says like, Hey, my goal is to do this, but I don't want you just to work on my goal. I want to understand what is your goal? Why are you doing this? What are you trying to pursue? And how can I help you do that? And, uh, this is the conversations we've been having ever since with every employee. Like, you know, because our like as ben Horowitz says your culture is who you are so when the t- when they go and get stuff you're actually dependent on your people like you know to to be inefficient and stuff like that and only knowing like the reason why they're staying here because not for the money you can always ha- get a better offer somewhere else but when you actually know why you're staying here it you know helps the company survive in the tough times it helps to have like you know low people turnover yeah so that was really important.
0: Congratulations again. I appreciate you. Uh, I'd love to know Thanks. what is your
1: biggest challenge on the opposite side, let's say on the, <laughs> uh, so challenge, uh, people capacity. Yeah. So we, 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 try to be, we try to be really effective and uh, with, with everything that we have, we try to optimize it as, as much as possible before we hire. So we want to know that, you know, we have really great people on board they're doing some great stuff, but we just want to enable them to deliver like, you know, really well and don't have problems with that. And that was that's not always the case because we keep experimenting with the things, how we measure stuff, how we do stuff in IT department, how we go around things in sales, because you know, cold emailing world is changing a lot. Tips and things that are working right now are not productive in some time. So just to give you a perspective, sometime ago, it was really popular to send cold emails with like personalized images, yep. then it went away. Then the videos came crazy great, like, you know, personalized image videos, then social selling came on board, then, um, an ability to have AI writing your emails. So you, you need to be very quick to respond and you kind of need to foresee the future a little bit. And when the thing happens, you need to be quick by delivering good quality and that's the challenge. Yeah. I understand. And
0: right now you, you are the head of sales. You are the head of the sales team.
1: Yeah, but I was, I was, I haven't really announced it, but I more became like a just growth person. So Mm -hmm. doing like strategic things right now, uh, we actually have another head of sales. I'm just more like, you know, acquisitions, some, um, strategic partnerships and, uh, basically all stuff LinkedIn spreading the awareness around that. So that's kind of how my role evolved. But I'm, also, I'm still involved in sales. I'm, I'm, I'm helping develop new products that we still haven't announced. Uh, like, but I'm helping to find a core group of people and stuff like that.
0: That's great. And how big is the sales team right now? Mm, eight or eight people. Okay. Uh, I'd love to know one mistake that you made and you can share with us one mistake and one learning. Um,
1: as a company or me specifically? Which one do you prefer or both? up to mm. as a company. So as a company, I'd say that, um, not foreseeing how the crazy potential of the market is yep. because uh, when you build a tool, you need to understand that later you need to scale the tool very quick. And, uh, the, the, the way that our tool was built at first, it ha- meant that we had to work some time on rewriting it a little bit. So that, that was a mistake as a company. Uh, so make sure that. Whatever you're building at first can be scaled later easily um but not had to be rewritten and me personally uh, what I'd say what I'd say I probably as a sales as a sales rep i at some point I hadn't prospected consistently but when you prospect consistently, you don't have any problems with the pipeline you have deals yes. coming in, you're not desperate, you're not needy, and when you don't do that you all the troubles all the hell makes this. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And uh, how did you get your first customers? Um, so it was, it was discounted a little bit. Like, so we had a couple of discounts because that was early 2016 and, um, people were still mixing things up. Like, you know, this is well, I don't need another newsletter solution. We're like, no, 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 we're not newsletters. <laughs> and so there was a few came from the founder as uh, surroundings. A few were, most of those were found I'd say the first hundred or something, um, or 50 or something came inbound and then the next hundred or something came outbound. And then we had a mix that inbound started really working well because we invested a lot into CEO, oh, CEO, mm-hmm. CEO, SEO. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, invested in SEO in CEO as well, um, and the SEO and, uh, yeah, things started doing really well.
0: And today, which one is the most successful? The more SEO,
1: so SEO. SEO. Yeah. SEO co- the tracks are, you know, like SMBs and cold outreach works on a bigger accounts.
0: Makes makes sense. What is the vision for the future of the company and for your future?
1: So the, the vision is clear just to be, to make the tool, uh, an assistant of yours who can get you the stuff that is daunting and is boring. Do it for yourself and do it really well. So, um, Let's say you want to contact someone, but you don't know how to find the data and where to start. You don't need to do that. You just ask the like the tool, I need those and those prospects. Yeah. And then he automatically suggests you like the script for the message that's been proven by the proven templates. And then he sets up the campaign for yourself and give you the stats and an update. So you don't basically have to do anything that which is really hard. And that's the idea.
0: And uh, uh, how will AI impact the sales world? It's already impacting. Yeah, there's um, some the saturation making...
1: of messages and templates, and uh... it's uh, it's not only Th- those are like the the things that we see on the surface, but okay. it also implements a lot of stuff which goes unseen, like the mechanics and the workflows that you're capable of building not only can just write messages for you, but let's say I just ask, I need these prospects. And and as the end result, I have the campaign set up for 150 prospects with a really great messages written specifically for those people. And when anything happens, I automatically get it like a ping in my CRM or whatever I set it up to be. And then I have a, a summary of each week uh, whatever the conversations are going sent to the specific people in, the, I mean, it's so crazy what things can do, but, uh, it's the matter of working on building that workflow to actually make sense and not being too hyped about it because too many companies are like, Oh, ChatGPT is the stuff we need to invest in this. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great, but it still needs a lot of prompting on top of it to make sure yeah. it's relevant for these, these days tactics and these things change a lot. So. We are actually in the position that we have a lot of data and we are trying to tie AI with that data to make sure that you're actually, if you want to use AI for cold emails, it is actually on something that makes sense.
0: Thank you for sharing. Now uh, we got to the personal side. i love to know how you started your career as a salesperson.
1: Uh, I was in students organizations. Like I was 19. I was like, you know, When I was in college, I was getting funds for the 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 college for the projects Mm -hmm. that we were doing, and actually, that kind of I didn't like it at first, but I was good at it, and then I came to like it. And then my one friend of mine said, "Like, hey, this company is hiring. Why don't you apply? This is pretty cool. Like, seems interesting." Mm -hmm. I applied, I got hired, and this is how my journey in sales started. And uh, it's ever since it's been a crazy ride. And what was your first position at Woodpecker? I was a junior inbound rep. And then how did you, what was the journey? So like within a year and a half, I progressed to like senior and then, or to, no, no. Within a year and a half, I progressed to head, like, you know, team lead. Okay. And uh, then I've started managing my team for quite a long time. And now I've progressed more into kind of this position where I am responsible for lots of cool things that i see we need to do
0: (laughs) yeah probably one of the coolest jobs but i love to know your best piece of advice for a starting salesperson for somebody that just finished college let's say and wants to get into sales
1: uh try to replicate the best reps from the organization that you are in just you know shadow them like you know be their shadow see what they're doing like try to steal their templates twist a little bit just, just don't just blindly copy it just like uh, you know and get inspired by that um, but do more than them because they're they they know what they need to do what they don't at first you won't be really knowing what yep. you need to invest focus so just do more and be prospecting all the time and uh, uh, most of the time forget about things and the way you were taught about writing in college because writing in college doesn't mean the writing in the business. Like, you know, how do you contact potential clients? So, yeah,
0: that's right. And I think comp- copywriting is still essential. Even with ChatGPT. you need to master oh, the... 10%. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And now the big question that I always wanted to ask you, What what's your uh, secret to your uh, LinkedIn engagement and social selling?
1: I just studied people who succeeded. So there's no silver bullet the more time you put into LinkedIn with the strategy kind of when you think through it, the more return you'll get. So I've been doing a lot of, I've been doing lots of outreach for quite a lot of time. So I gathered some knowledge about it and then I was like, all right, I want to start sharing with the world. How do I do it? I have just started observing people who were killing it and still are killing it. And I'm just like, try to be better 1% every day. So like I've gathered, I've like gathered, I don't know, 30 or 40 accounts that I wanted to follow. I was just studying their posts, what they were writing about. At first you're finding your style. So you just need to get inspired as much as possible. And then you'll create your own style in the process, but you need to get started in order to do that. So just like uh, as a prospect and you know, I showed up every day, no matter how, hard, how, hard that was, I spent time as an extra time. I didn't spend like a work time. Yeah. But then when the company seen the returns, like I got top 200 on LinkedIn, top 25 sexes like, in the world, I were like, yo, you're amazing at it. Like, yeah. <laughs> why don't you just spend the time fully on it? I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. It's cool. Yes. Yes.
0: I think that's an amazing opportunity, but, um, how can, uh, um, I saw that you have had a post with 75 K likes the Spotify playlist. How did you come up with that? I think it's uh, it's amazing.
1: I was just scrolling through the internet. I seen just that. Trends, meme. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was not a trend at that time. It was just like an it, it, this meme originated in 2017 and I seen that message around like, you know, just life topics and I never saw that. Hey, that would be cool just to adapt it to a cold email <laughs> and I posted that. <laughs> But I actually made it a little bit different. I, I I was just posting like it was a week after I started posting, so I had like two thousand followers from my sales career over the six years that have attracted people. Like, okay. And um, I didn't. I, I I I wanted to get some exposure to that post. Yeah. So the day before I created a post about thirty minutes to Presidents Club, like this is my favorite podcast. Uh, about sales. And I tell like, yo, this is the f- my favorite episodes from the podcast. And I tagged those people in the post. They all showed up because 30 Minister of Clubs is a pretty prestige podcast. It's, it's a really like top, top notch. Okay. They commented so that what that meant, that post performed the best out of my old post that I posted like in a week. And it boosted the, the reach for my next post, which when came was the Spotify and that thing just took off.
0: Oh, so th- that post was one of your fo- first posts? Spotify one?
1: Yeah, it was like a week after posting. Wow. And how many followers or how how much did it help you to to grow? Uh, So I was like in two and a half thousand followers. And after that post, it was like eight thousand followers. Wow. Wow.
0: (laughs) Three X. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And how much do you think it helps this social selling on LinkedIn? How how, how crucial is it for companies to do it?
1: Oh, social selling is here to stay. People are addicted to social media. They're not addicted to reading email inboxes. Right. So uh, it's an alternative to follow-ups, and it's not going to hurt you unless you're just investing too much in it. Because I see a lot of people neglecting their main a- activities like it's cold email and cold calling. But if you add on top of it, creating yeah. content, it's definitely a superpower.
0: So it's a combination of uh, multi-channel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I still I also think
1: that- cold email, cold call is the is the. You know, number one, yeah, uh, and then you just add social selling, it just adds it helps you build trust because right now, like, I guess it's 83% of the time. If we're looking at the buying process, 83% of the time is spent without sales reps. So, if you're a buyer, like, you're you're spending most time without people, without sales reps, so and then only you're In that 17%, you're reaching out to multiple suppliers, so it's not even actually you only, but it's multiple people, so at best you have like a 5% chance. So I think it's just worthwhile investment being where your prospects learn before they come to you, because that's how you build trust, how you build authority, and it's it's no longer like a cold outreach, it's going to be more like a warmer conversation.
0: Totally right. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. And I'll probably create a short <laughs> with what you said. It's amazing. And I'll, I also wanted to add that uh, if you connect with people at conferences and then you, you have them on LinkedIn, they'll see you every day posting. They'll trust you. And whenever they need a tool or they need someone in your field, they'll know that you are the, the one, that, the guy that they trust. So I think that, uh, that's yeah, also 100%. a personal reminder of your face and, uh, of 100%. your product. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, one question that I will ask all my guests is what's your favorite SaaS product that you use but apart from uh, from your company yeah. from woodpecker
1: a SaaS product um, well I'd be very blunt right now uh, as now i'm a lot of I'm a lot of into writing. There is uh, one product which is called Cleo, like k l e o okay uh, it's developed by my friend Jake Ward. And uh, it helps you to see top performing content on LinkedIn by each person. So if you go on the LinkedIn page of theirs and you just like load it in Cleo, it will show you their best posts on LinkedIn. So if you want to get inspired from those people and want to see their best performing content, this is the tool that I recommend.
0: And what do you think about LinkedIn ext- ext- extensions or tools like this? Do you think that they'll ban
1: it or are they safe? <clears throat> so. Cleo is actually not automating. So if we're talking about specifically this, so it's not actually automating the outreach or scraping the prospects. It's not stealing your content. It's just rearranges sure. yeah. the the way it's viewed. Okay. So it's safer for this. But a lot of the tools, yeah, it's very, it's very. It's this is why we had a problem also in Woodpecker. We wanted to long time have a native LinkedIn integration, but LinkedIn is really picky about that. The one thing, two in a lot of tools are in the gray area which get getting blocked or hurting your LinkedIn profiles which is scary. So uh um, yeah, right
0: do, do, do you have an extension right now
1: at Woodpecker? Yeah we have right now we actually found finally found a tool that integrates integrated natively into LinkedIn so it's not in the gray zone and we That's integrated good. with them. So yeah. there's no risk associated with yeah, it? yes so from Woodpecker's side it's all good right now.
0: Good, congratulations. Okay, Uh, I think those are my main questions. If you have anything else to share today, you already showed immense value and I appreciate you joining in. But if you have anything else to share today, other learnings, advice, uh, people to follow, podcasts, recommendations, books, anything. (laughs) Um,
1: Well, it's great to learn stuff, but what I'd say is actually learn more by doing stuff than just reading and learning about that. So I'll tell you all, just get started. Uh, Don't overthink it. A lot of people who are succeeding right now, who are like, you know, top one people in their industries just started doing that. They're not the smartest person in the field, but they just got started and they didn't quit. Uh, That's one thing. Two, don't overthink it. You don't have to be perfect to get ready to start. There are different ways. Um, And three, just, uh, you know, when you can't outsmart someone, just outwork them at first. And, uh, yeah, just, just get, get, get doing. You've been reading a lot of cool content. You've been reading lots of books, lots of podcasts. Now it's the time to apply that knowledge. Just do it like Christian is doing it. He he, started starting the podcast right now. He's doing the podcast. He's going to those conferences. So that that's the way to grow. Thank you so much. I
0: appreciate the kind words and uh, I appreciate you joining in. Thank you so much. You did great. Thank you, Christian.